Journeys podcast. I'm Michelle, and this is my co-host, Corey. Hello. Who also happens to be my best friend and my daughter. Yes, we really do eat hot bread during every podcast. Don't you wish you could smell it? Hello, guys. Welcome back to the Hot Bread Honeys podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Michelle. Welcome back today, the bread that we had. Ooh, yeah, we had, well, I don't know what you'd call them. I guess they were just dinner rolls. What about they, my freaking garlic bread? Don't oh, discount yeah, sorry, that. Sorry, I forgot Rude. about that. Mm-hmm. I made homemade garlic bread. Like I made yes. a homemade garlic spread and put it on a French bread loaf. Yeah, that was really good. It was mm. really buttery. Yummy. Really buttery. Well, we are very sorry that we missed last week. We had a lot going on. Yeah. We had a lot going on and we were both sick. Yep. And our voices were not conducive to yeah, recording anything. You still sound a little sick. A little bit. I'm a little bit raspy. Yeah. I might so. I might cough a little bit, but I'll try and keep it to a minimum. Yep. So today we are going to be giving you guys some tips on job interviews. Right. Uh, because my mom is a manager of a yeah of an credit in, union of an institution. A financial <laughs> institution. No, you told me I could say credit union. Yep. So yeah. and I have some experience. Yeah. I've done a lot of interviewing, a lot of interviewing over the years. I don't enjoy it very much. It gets a little, it gets a little monotonous. And I think that's probably the case with anybody that's doing a significant amount of interviewing for any position. If they have any number of applicants, it gets a little bit old. And so it's that much more important for you to stand out and liven things up and give that person something interesting to think about and remember you. Yeah. That's the most important thing is is being memorable in your interview. And I also think, especially if you are going out to try and find your first ever job, I think it's important to remember that you're not going to land the first job that you interview for. Most likely not. I mean, I'm sure there are, sorry, I'm sure there are people who do have, who do get their first job that they ever interviewed for, but I don't think it's normal. Mm -mm. I didn't. Mm Mm-mm. And I think it just takes, yeah, that's a funny, (laughs) let's, let's tell that little anecdote really quick. So my first ever, you were still in high school. I was still in high school and I was interviewing for a summer job at like a farmer. It was like an IFA, but it was a local, yeah, it was a local brand of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was interviewing there and I had asked my dad for help on doing the job application online and he was really perturbed to help me (laughs) for whatever reason. I I don't know why. I think he just thought that it was like common sense on how to fill out a job application. Why do you need my help? Right. Yeah. So he just did it for me because he was just so irritated. (laughs) And so I get into the interview and they're like, Alan, is that (laughs) Alan? I'm like, um, that's my dad. <laughs> I didn't get that job. Great first impression. Yeah. Great first impression. I didn't even get my name right on the application. Yeah. Didn't they also, in the middle of the interview, they said something about how you had had like 15 years experience or something yeah. like that. I don't even know where that. Yeah. Something. I, I don't know like what that. he put on that application. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. So. Yeah, you probably won't get your first job that you ever interview for. And I think that practice really does help. You'll get more comfortable. Yes, I think that is super important for people to remember is sometimes you need to go to these interviews. Even if you think there's not a chance in the world that you're going to get this job, go to the interview anyway because it gives you experience with interviewing and you get 
you get a better feel and an idea of the types of questions that people ask in different circumstances. And it just, it teaches you to think a little quicker, think mm-hmm. on your feet and it's because just, it's good practice. Yeah. We're going to give you tips here, but really, I don't think that there's a perfect way to prepare no. for a job interview because you have no idea what kind of questions they're going to ask you. Tell about your employee, her son, he's a police officer and oh he gosh. went in for a job interview at a police station and they asked him which so a typical job interview question is tell us what your biggest weakness is and kind of the tip there is to turn it into like tell them your biggest weakness right a typical one is i'm a perfectionist and then you turn it into a positive right and if they're really fair they will they will after after you're done with that question they will then ask you and what's your what's your most positive point what's what's the best thing about you kind of thing yeah they don't always give you that chance to try to overcome that negative question but but you're right that is the what they're trying to do is how much do you criticize yourself? Can you turn that question into a positive? That's yeah. like the oldest question in the book. Yeah. So there's a but, tip for you. If they ask yeah. you that question, which I was asked that question, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty average. That's a question that a lot of people will ask. Yeah. The th- Did you want me to finish that story? Yeah. I can, I can segue from there, but... Well, it was Here's funny. another job story or job interview horror story. <laughs> it really was. And this guy, he's worked in the police force for a number of years, but he was trying to get to a, um, a, a police force closer to where he was living. He was having to commute quite a ways. And so he was interviewing for a lot of different, more local, uh, police forces. And, and he had this, this interview and he was really excited about it because it was really close to home. And, and first of all, and I don't understand this part, but there is a test that they give police officers and it has some initials and I don't understand it. And I don't know what kind of questions are on it, but he, he, he came into our office after he had this interview and we were like, how'd it go? How'd it go? And he was like, terrible. I mean, that was the first word out of his mouth. And he said, first of all, I left half of that test blank. He says, I don't know how I did that, but I left half of it blank. I, I couldn't, I couldn't come up with the answers. So, you know, he'd kind of frozen on the spot kind of thing and couldn't finish that test. Then he's in the interview and this is so bad. And I don't know if they did this on purpose or not, but he said the people that were interviewing him, they were in chairs that were set quite high and his chair was positioned really low. And so they were like towering over him in this interview and he just felt so small and so, um, in, incapable of, of everything and un, unqualified, but they asked him what were his five weakest points? Five. Five. And it's like, whoa, that isn't, that's not anywhere close to fair. And we were, since he was there and he was being, he was, he had re- a really good attitude about it. And we were all just kind of laughing with him and joking about it. And we were all joking that he should have said, yeah, those last 15 questions on that test are my weakest points. Cause he didn't even answer. Yeah. Them. But, but that is terrible. And hopefully <laughs> people that are really trying to give people a fair shot, they shouldn't be trying to intimidate you. No, they shouldn't be trying to intimidate you. So, you know, hopefully you're on, on a level playing ground. I know that when I do interviewing, I try I I actually do not like to interview in my office because I don't want to be on a particular side of the desk. And if I do have to interview in my office, 
I will go around so that we're both sitting on the same side of the desk so that we're, you know, a little more equal in the interview is I'm, I'm not going to try and pull that on them. I'm not going to try and, and intimidate that way. But I usually, I prefer to go to a conference room where there's, we have a, we have a room in our building where there's just a small round office table. It's just a conference table and we go in there so that we're all, you know, kind of even, yeah, even playing ground. I've but, heard of a lot of people in managerial positions putting their chairs purposefully higher to make others feel inferior. And I just really? don't think that's okay. I don't think that's cool. I think that's an, an ego problem. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's a personal yeah. thing that they do. I don't, I don't try to do that. I try to have an open door policy. I mean, I don't, I don't like people to take advantage of me. I don't like them to get that personal and think that they can, you know, get that friendly and take advantage of me. But, but I, I do like them to think that I'm approachable and, yeah. you know, that they can come in whenever and that I'm not that scary. I don't want to be that scary. I want there to be respect and deference, but I don't want to be scary. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing in an interview. And that's one of those things. When you, when you go into an interview, you need to be respectful. You need to understand. I would hope that wherever you're interviewing, you want to work there. And so you've done a little bit of research on the company. Yeah. You know what they're about. You know what they do. And, um, so you can talk intelligently about the company. You know what you're going in there for. You know kind of what they're going to ask you or the kind of skills that you need. And there's always going to be a time in, in, a, in a really good interview. They're going to turn the time over to you and say, do you have any questions for us? Have a question. Have a question prepared. Know enough about that company that you can ask an intelligent question because it shows that you're paying attention, that you're interested, that you care, that you, you want to know more about this company and that you care enough about the interview and the position that you're applying for, you know, that, that you, you know, you know what it's about. If you don't know what it's about, you're going to look really foolish. Yeah. Yeah. And there, if you can't come up with anything, if you've done your research on the company and you can't come up with any questions prepared, to go in with Google questions to ask my interviewer. Mm -hmm. And there are so many options, like so many articles and things that you can. And let me just tell you a valid question is not how much will I make? No, I wouldn't ask ask that about salary. I would not ask that in an interview. Once they offer you the position, it's okay to ask to negotiate, but yeah, not during the first interview. No, that is not when you ask somebody right off. Yeah. Sometimes interviewers will offer that information up. Mm-hmm. And if they do, that's great. Mm-hmm. But when I got hired on at Sephora, I didn't know how much I would be making until I got my first paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> because because I honestly, I didn't care. Because I wanted that job so bad. And yeah. that was my dream job at the time mm-hmm. that I didn't care how much I was making. I had another job at the time lined up. And I didn't care if I was going to be making less than that. So. Yeah. And I think that's an awesome position to be in if you're going for a dream yes. job like that. Yes. To, to be able to. And, and, you know, unfortunately, there's an awful lot of people that, that are not in that kind of a position. Right. And they need a job to put. But don't ask in the interview how no, much you're going to be making. No, you wait. No. Wait until they offer you the and job. And if you're really that dead set on fine. Sorry, there was a lot of dead air there. I was just finding my words. <laughs> if you're really dead set on trying to find out how much you're going to be making, Google it. Because you will be amazed at how many things you can Google. Uh, There's a website called, I think it's called Glassdoor or yeah, something like that. And people will put on there 
how much they made at a certain job and it'll kind of take averages and stuff for a certain position so especially if you're working for a chain like mcdonald's or sephora you can get an idea of how much you're going to start you're looking in the correct region of where you live and because it does change based on and and remember that that's not going to be perhaps to the penny accurate i mean there there could be but you'll get a good idea yeah yeah you'll get a good idea exactly one of the biggest recommendations that i would give to people this is as i was thinking about this you know there's a you you can you can google and you're going to find a million and one articles on how to ace an interview but let me tell you from experience one of the best things that you can do is be able to talk, be able to talk about your social skills. Yeah, social skills, be able to talk about yourself, be able to small talk. And I know for some people and me personally, I mean, I am a, I mean, great example. I hate small talk. It makes me cringe. I dread it. I dread social um, situations where I'm forced to small talk because it does not come natural to me. But You need to be able to do this in an interview. You need to be, because one of the very first questions they're ever going to ask is, tell me about yourself. Yeah. And I promise, I don't care where you were born. And I don't care how many kids are in your family. You know, I want you to talk about yourself. I want to, I want to hear, you know, what, what you've done with your education and what you're aspiring to do. And what do you like to do in your spare time and hobbies hobbies and things like that. Yeah. And if we're just chit chatting, you know, I have sometimes when I'm interviewing, I will interview with my assistant manager also we'll interview together. And sometimes one of us is not immediately available. We get tied up with a member or something like that. And so we have to small talk and it's not part of the interview. So you need to be a little bit up to date on current events or sports or local happenings or something like this that you can just shoot the breeze with the person for a little while. And you know what? If you can find a common ground, like you both have a favorite sports team or you both like to go on this same hike or or something like that, if you find that commonality between the two of you, you just... Set yourself apart from every other applicant. Yep. And something else that you were talking about, social skills, um, you need to be prepared to shake hands and you need to be prepared. To, I mean, you need to remember your please and thank yous and, um, you know, take your take social cues from whoever is interviewing. So, you know, oh, where should I sit and things like this. And just be prepared for some of that kind of thing, too. That kind of reminds me, I think we should kind of touch on physical appearance because yes. your first impression is your physical appearance. And I think a lot of you know, if you watch my YouTube channel or follow me on Instagram, I have several piercings in my ears. If I go in for a job interview, mm-hmm. you better believe that I'm covering them up because yeah. you don't know unless you can find online somewhere where the dress code is you can kind of gauge what's okay and what's not. But even if I knew that piercings were okay at a job interview, I would probably cover them up just because I know still, even though it's a stereotype and I know that society in general is trying to break away from the stereotype, it does per, it does um, show a certain... What am I trying to say? Well, I think there are still some <laughs> stereotypes with it. Right. And, um, and and I think you need to be careful of that based on the job that you're interviewing for. I know at my office and in my company, we have a dress code. Yeah. We have a dress code and it, it talks about piercings and tattoos and um, extreme makeup and hairstyles. It talks about yeah. all of that and it, it lays it out 
pretty clearly. They want you to look professional. I actually had a situation. I was interviewing a girl and she came in and she had multiple facial piercings and she had taken all of them out that she could, except for one that was kind of new. And fortunately in the interview, she brought it up and she asked me, she said, what is the the dress code? Are these yeah. allowed or not? I try to take everything out and I can, I, I can take everything out. I mean, she was very willing. And, and see, that tells me <clears throat> that she has a good attitude when she's going on yeah. interviews and she was trying to take the initiative right because whether and, and i totally appreciated that and i yeah. and i can also appreciate you know that she had this new one that she didn't want to take out if she didn't have to right and she told me right then she says i can take this out if it's if it's a, a matter of me getting the job or not yeah. i will take this out yeah. so so being being upfront with something like that it goes a long ways it yeah. goes a long ways and at that point in the interview when she did that i'm like okay you know, I can, yeah. I can wash away any stereotypes that I might think about her, you know, because she has all these piercings or whatever. And I'm like, no, she's serious. She wants this job. It does give a certain impression when you go someplace with tons of tattoos it showing does. or tons of piercings, whether you want to admit it or not. I'm assuming that on this podcast, we're talking to a lot of young people. And I know that us as millennials and younger want to break away from this stereotype about piercings and tattoos and stuff. And I think there is progress being made and it's not as big of a deal as it used to be. Mm-hmm, However, agree. you need to understand that the people that you are probably interviewing for are older and still have those preconceived notions about people with piercings and tattoos. Mm-hmm. So whether you want to admit it or not, you're probably going to want to please that person if you want to get the job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at least until you get that job and you find out what the dress, what code, the dress code is, is, you need to be careful. Exactly. You need to be careful. And that that goes again with just understanding the company that you are interviewing with. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going into you know, uh, some big marketing firm, you know, where they hire a whole lot of creative people, there's going to be a totally different feel in, in some place like that. than there's going to be a law firm in a law firm or a, or a financial institution. Yep. You know, exactly. Because you've got these, a level of professionalism. Right. right. And not that, yeah, we're not stereotyping no. anybody, but like just, we said, it is, I ha- we both have multiple piercings. Yeah. We're not the ones judging here. No. We're not, but, but we do know what other people do think. There is a first impression, a first impression. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I, going back to the Googling thing, it is so important to research the company that you're interviewing for, research the position that you're applying for if you can, and just t- just learn about the company in general. Learn about what the company's mission statement is so that you can talk about that with... Because a lot of times interviewers will ask, what do you know about our company? Mm-hmm. I ask it all the time. Yeah. That's a standard of mine. Yeah, so... You need to know their mission statement. Like when I interviewed for Sephora, I was a little bit anal and I... Oh, you went way overboard. I did. Prep for that. I did. I deserved that job. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> because again, on that, I think it's on that Glassdoor website. They will have um, questions like people will submit questions that they were asked in their interview. And so you can go through there and kind of prepare yourself. It's like, okay, these are some questions that I might be asked and you can practice your answers. And some of them I was asked because I know that Sephora, they had like a manual or like a handbook for interviewing for the managers and they would go off of that. Mm -hmm. 
So sometimes, like in that sort of a case, especially for bigger companies, you might be able to find sample questions that you can kind of go through and like kind of general topics that you might be asked about, but also just knowing about the company. I had it down so far that I knew where the name of Sephora came from, like Mm -hmm. how the company was named. And it was like half of the name of the wife of Moses Zipporah because she was so beautiful. And then I can't remember what the other Mm -hmm. one was, but I had it down that far. (laughs) And you didn't get asked half those questions that you prepared for, but... You were prepared for that interview. And I also think that it helped with my confidence going into the interview Mm -hmm. because it's like, I have this. This is my position. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, you don't want to go in cocky. Oh, no. But you don't want to go in like a scared little bunny rabbit. No. I don't know why a bunny rabbit came to mind. There's there's a fine line between confident and cocky. Yes. And you do want to have self-confidence, but you do not want to come across as arrogant Yep. Or cocky. And you know, okay, talking again about researching the company, not just for the question aspect, but also in how to dress for that interview. Yep. I am a little bit old school and I was always taught that you find out what the dress code is and then you take it one step higher. I would still say that. And I I do still recommend that to people too. But, um, but at least, you know, go into that place, do a little sleuthing, look around. What are people wearing? No one knows who you are. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. I know that people my age, like a lot of people that I used to work with at Sephora that have moved on to different positions, like, and I've seen people (coughs) that would come into Sephora for (coughs) interviews and I would look at what they were wearing and it was definitely a step below what I would have worn. But like. I knew that most makeup companies, they always wear all black. Mm-hmm. So for my interviews, I always wore all black. Dress the part. Yeah. Dress the part so that that person interviewing you can actually visualize you in that position. Exactly. And I think that was a huge part, especially here's the other thing. I know that I'm t- talking a lot about Sephora, but that's my main job that I've pretty much the, the only job that I've ever interviewed for and gotten the position. We had a group interview that I went to. I was the only one there with a good full face of makeup on. There was another girl who had like an orange face and I don't know if she had like a self tanner problem, but there was another girl who didn't wear any makeup to the interview. And I'm like, well, you're not going to get the job if you can't show that you can actually sell the product. What are you selling? Exactly. I went in with a full face of makeup and a red lip because I wanted myself to stand out. And you did. And you got the job. Yep. It took a long time. You went through quite a series of interviews. Yeah. I think I had four interviews. Uh, Sephora, that is pretty common. Yeah. Because you have to go through a whole bunch of a chain, like a chain of command kind of thing. Yeah. But. Another. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Also with researching, just what I was going to wrap up with. Find a way to tie in the company's values with your values. Like align it with yourself and be able to talk about how. I love how this company values so much this thing because I, in my life, blah, 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 be able to Mm -hmm. like take the company's values and relate it to your life. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's helping your interviewer imagine you in the position. Right. And that goes along with another point that I was going to make of knowing why you want to work there. That is another really common question that I ask people, whether I'm interviewing people within the company or outside the company, I will ask them, why do you want to work here? You know? Yeah. And, and you know, what is their answer? It's like, oh, well, because you're close to home, you know, or is it because I've always loved finances and I've always, you know, imagined myself, you know, whatever. Da, 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 da. I but- think another also really good 
answer to a question like that is I want to learn more about this field, either whether it's for personal reasons, especially like in the financial in, like in the financial world, being like, I want to be better with my finances and I want to learn everything that I can. Yeah, I think that's okay. I think I think an openness and a willingness to be teachable yeah. is really important. I mean, and and again, there are so many levels of interviews and jobs that you may be going for. There are some that are very, very specialized, and then there are some that are more entry level. And the entry level positions, that's absolutely an appropriate answer of I want to learn and I want to progress and this is you know this is a field that I'm interested in and you know this is and 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 that's more what I'm interviewing for usually because the positions that I usually have are a little more entry level sometimes I have one that is not quite so entry level and that's those in those interviews are a little bit different and a little more specialized because then it's not so much I don't want to know what you want to learn I want to know what you're going to bring to the table how are you going to help our office, our branch, our department, right? You know, what skills do you and bring I, to the table? Yeah. And I think even for an entry level position, it can be a balance. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Sell yeah. yourself still. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of that is, you know, and, and we've already talked about all of this, but I always look for somebody that's going to mesh well with the rest of the staff that we have. And so if you come off extreme in any way with your personality or with some of the comments that you make or anything like that, if, if, and, and I'm not saying you have to be generic. Still but, be yourself. But you, you have but... to be yourself. You have to be yourself. And that's, that is such a hard thing from the interviewer's point of view is knowing, okay, how much of this was really genuine or are they just giving me the answers that they think I want? Right. Still but... be yourself, but don't overdo it. A job interview is not the time to be controversial. Absolutely not. And I've known a lot of people that I think thrive on that. And it's almost like a test for the interviewer to see if they'll be willing to hire them anyways. Yeah, I was reading an article and they were talking about some of these do's and don'ts. And and some of them, they'd even preface this was like, "We, we can't even believe that we have to tell you this, but... Don't pick a fight. Yeah. Don't be controversial. Don't be bullheaded, yeah. you know. Because I've seen it happen where they do get hired and then it's an issue for the entire time because it's always that person trying to push the envelope. No mm-hmm. one wants someone who's going to be problematic. No. And if they think you're going to be problematic, you're not going to get the job. No, you're not. One of the things, I, I ask it in a few different ways, but I will talk to people about what they liked best and least about a previous job. Sometimes, depending on what their resume says I will pick a specific previous job. Sometimes I will let them pick whatever, you know, it kind of depends on how, how the interview is going, but I always try to, and that's, that's another one of those, that's another one of those questions where I'm asking you a negative and how are you going to answer that? And are you going to turn it into a positive thing? And what I'm really looking for is, are you going to badmouth your previous managers or badmouth previous coworkers? And that tells me what kind of personality you have if you're sitting there and it's like, oh my gosh, there was this one girl she was ho- so hard to get along with, and I, yeah. and or you know, I really didn't like my manager because you know they yeah. weren't fair and blah 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 blah. It's like, yeah, I'm not going there. And I think that goes along with the question, why did you leave your previous job? Yeah. And if you, and you're gonna get asked that. Yeah, like if you don't have the answer, they went out of business or my position was being dissolved, like something like that, you better have a really good answer yeah. that's not negative. Yeah. And that kind of goes along with the last tip that I have written down is that when I was, I'm talking a lot about Sephora because that was my last job, like my last 
real job well, were, that I had. You were there for quite a while. Yeah, and I was there for a long time. And that was my, like, for my current job, I didn't even have an interview. <laughs> they just hired me. So with Sephora, I was asked a lot of questions about, tell us about a time that you didn't get along with a coworker and how you resolved it, basically. Like, there were a lot of negative mm-hmm. yeah. questions. And I think that is probably pretty typical too. Oh yeah. And I always ask that one too. Yeah. And one of the issues that I had when I was interviewing at Sephora was that before that I hadn't had any real jobs where I worked with other people. I had worked as a freelance makeup artist and I had volleyball in high school. Mm -hmm. And I considered that a job because at the time I was working for that to be my job throughout college. By the time I was interviewing at Sephora, volleyball was out of the picture because of my knee injury so what I did is I used I didn't necessarily say that it was from volleyball I didn't Mm -hmm. say that they were volleyball experiences but with those questions like talk about a time that you had issues with a coworker and you had to resolve it Mm -hmm. and I would talk about issues with teammates Mm -hmm. and other experiences that I had with volleyball and I did end up telling my manager later and it worked because she was big on sports. So she was like, oh, that's really cool. But you don't have to say that it's from your high school sports team. You don't have to say that. But draw on those experiences too. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is be left saying, you know, I haven't really experienced that. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. Yeah. Yeah. So draw on any experiences <laughs> that you have in life. If you don't have job experiences, draw on other life experiences to answer the question. Can I tell a story? Yes. Case. The, oh, I'm a really big dude. Yeah, Is it that's that one? my story. Okay, just I'm ready. Away. So... Yeah. So the question that I usually ask is, and I, and I relate it to their previous jobs. I ask people, you know, I'm sure you've had a situation where, where someone that you were working with, whether it was a coworker or whether it was a client or a customer or whatever, somebody was really upset and uptight and they're in your face because you happen to be the one that they, that they come up to, you know, you're the first one that they see and they're taking it out on you personally. How do you handle that situation? And I'm looking for a lot of different things in how they answer that. Um, but I asked that to this one young man and he's sitting there and he, he paused and he hesitated and there was just a long silence. There was a long silence. It was uncomfortable. And I just sat there and, and this is bad in an interview. You guys, this is another reason why you need to learn how to think quick and have some of these answers prepared and be prepared and, and and know what you're going to say and, and be able to fill in that silence because those awkward gaps are, are really uncomfortable. And I just sat there and I just waited his answer to that. He said, well, I'm a really big dude. And so people really don't confront me with anything. Basically he was saying that he intimidated people. And so nobody ever, caused any problems for him because they were afraid of him and that right there sealed his fate and he does not work (laughs) for my company and I will never call him back for another interview it's like okay that is that is one of the the funniest lamest answers I've ever heard yep it really was we we joke about it now all the time I'm a really big dude so (laughs) that's our answer now you don't want to be you don't want to be that person no you don't want to be that that ongoing joke Something else that I wanted to talk about was, you know, after you have your interview, don't be afraid to follow up with that company. I think it's important. And um, one thing, 
this is very old fashioned, but I really, I, a few times I have gotten actual handwritten thank you notes from people. Now this is, this is very old school and it used to be very proper etiquette that after an interview, you sent a thank you note for that interview. And let me tell you, depending on who you're interviewing with, that can go a long ways. Yeah. And again, you kind of need to know your audience, know, know the company that you're working with. You know, maybe if you're interviewing for McDonald's, it might not be as big of a deal. But if you're interviewing for a big company and um, if you happen to be interviewing with someone that that is a little more on the proper side of things, that thank you note is going to be very appreciated. Okay. Think about a situation where what if you didn't get the job, but the reason you didn't get the job is because the pool of applicants was just super great and you just weren't the best fit at the time. You write that thank you note. That person, next time they have a job opening, they're calling you back in because you stood out. You better believe it. Yeah. I have pulled applications and have kept them in my own personal file for future reference because they did something really remarkable yeah. like that. But the other thing is, you know, in addition to that follow-up, it's okay to make a phone call every once in a while too. And I usually, I try to tell people, hey, we're going to be trying to make a decision by this date. If you don't hear from us by this next day, feel free to give us a call because we get busy. Things happen. We get sidetracked and maybe we just didn't get it done. You know, other things happen when you're working in any kind of an atmosphere where you're dealing with the public. Things are going to happen and and that public comes first. They just always do. And so don't be afraid to call. You need, you can be persistent, but don't be annoying. That's, that's the key there. Don't, don't call every single day. Like if you call and I say, yeah, we haven't made a decision yet. Don't call me the next day. You need to wait. You need to wait a little while. Yeah. And then if you still don't hear from me by the next week, give us another call and see what's going on. So, but it's, it is okay to follow up. I can tell you more than one time where a person has gotten the position simply because they were the one that that followed followed up. up. And, you know, we were so busy and hadn't been able to make a decision and they followed up and we're like, you know what? Yeah, we'd like to offer you that position, you know, because here you are, you're live, you're eager, you, you want this, you want it enough to follow up. Yeah. And, you know, if you were okay in the interview, sometimes that may be what gets you the job. Yeah. So I would, when I was interviewing, I would wait a couple days after the interview and then specifically with Sephora, I didn't have an email for the person that I was interviewing with, which I think is a little bit unusual. I had the cell phone number. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it was a little bit unusual. So an email is a good way to send Mm -hmm. a thank you note too. Absolutely. Especially if you can't just like go in and give a handwritten thank you note because sometimes that's inappropriate and sometimes that doesn't work. And and actually probably in this day and age, an email thank you probably is a little more kosher. Yeah. And... In a desperate situation, which I was in with Sephora, I texted my thank you. Yeah. And I still formulated it as though it was an email. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm sure that helped. I think it probably did. Because my manager was a little bit old-fashioned in that sense with her interviewing style. So I do think that that helped. There's something 40s. else in all of this that we're talking about. So much of this is um, personality. And obviously you're trying to show who you are and what sets you apart from everybody else and why you would be a good fit for this company. Remember that a lot of people, depending, depending on the level of job that you're interviewing for. And I always, I I always take this attitude. I can teach a hard skill to anybody, but I cannot teach an attitude or personality. 
So if I think, you know, if your personality is great and I think you're going to have fantastic customer service because of some of the things that you've said to me and if we just hit it off and we're laughing in that interview and having a good interview and you're easy to talk to, that is that is going to overcome any skills that you might not have that I need to take the time to teach you. Yeah. And I, I would think that with a lot of positions, that's going to be the case. Obviously not when you get higher up and in these more specialized positions and you've got to have a business degree and, you know, things like that. Obviously, you know, there's more to it there. But when you're talking more on the entry level, uh, level, yeah, personality goes a long ways. Um, make sure when you go in for an interview that you are polite and respectful to everybody that you come in contact with. You don't with. know what they're going to say about you after you leave. And they will. And they will. And sometimes they're <clears> even <throat> planted, you know, and, and they say, okay, so what did you think of this person when yep. they walked in? What did you think of that person? Well, that's interesting that you bring that up because after I had been working at Sephora for a long time and we would start hiring people, my manager would come and talk to me and the other girls that had been there for a long time. Not like the newbies, but she would talk to the people that had been there for a really long time, the people that she trusted, and she would be like, okay, tell me, like, what do we think of this person? And how did they act while they were waiting for their interview? Yep. And sometimes we weren't even managers. They, a couple of times, had us in on interviews, Mm -hmm. especially for like holiday hires. They would have us in on interviews. And so you don't have any idea who's going to have a say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So when you walk in there for that interview, you're you're on. Turn yourself on. Yep. That is is the time to impress everybody that you come in contact with. Pay attention to your body language too. You know, in addition to how you dress and everything, pay attention to your body language. Don't slouch. Don't... um, um, I've, I've had people that just lean back and get really casual in the, in the chairs and they'll do the old man spread. And it's like, uh, how, how cocky are you? Yeah. You know, you really think you've got this? I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand people sometimes, but I'm, I'm old fashioned that way, but I think it's still valid. Yeah. I think it's still valid. Because like I said, the people that you were interviewing for, a lot of the times, I would say eight times out of 10 are going to be older and they are going mm-hmm. to still be in that old fashioned state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to have those stereotypes ingrained in their head. I will say this too. A friend of mine at work, her daughter was 15 and was applying for her first job. And it was just at a fast food restaurant, but she was scared to death about the interview. And so her mom said, let's set up a time with Michelle and she will, she'll just do a little mock interview with you and and help you go through these things. And it was, it was really fun for me with this particular girl because this girl, you know, she, I, her mom is worried about her self-esteem and, and things like that. But this girl, she, she aced it with me. She really did. I remember you telling me. And I told her mom, I said, she killed it. And guess she, what? And she got, she got the, the job. job. She got the job. And but she was she was more natural at it than than she thought she was gonna be, than her mom thought she was gonna be. And I think I think it really helped her to talk with me because she got all of that out and I was able to tell her, it's like, hey, you did fantastic on that. And she did kind of like what you were talking. She pulled experiences that she had had in high school 
and pulled him into, you know, relevance and working and getting along with other people and how it's learned, taught her to be a, a team player and all this kind of stuff. And, and yeah, and she got that job. And so many of the things that I talked to her about were just spot on textbook with, with the things. And in fact, the lady that interviewed her for that job actually asked her if she had, I don't remember how she phrased it, but basically, you know, did you work with somebody? Did, did somebody prep you for this kind of thing? And, and at first she was like, no, no. And then later <laughs> she was like, actually, yes, I talked to my mom's boss. <laughs> yeah. But it was you know, and that's okay too. I mean, depending on, depending on where you are in, in the whole job world, um, if you don't have a lot of experience interviewing, first of all, get out there and just get the job interviews and just get the practice doing it. And just accept that you aren't going to get You're not going to get most of those jobs, but. <laughs> you the, might also be really surprised. Yeah. Yeah. You, you might, because the job market is really, really good right now. And to find really good applicants is actually kind of tricky in some fields. Yeah. But it's also okay if you know somebody that can help you, that can work with you and, and just do, do some of that role play. It might be uncomfortable at the time and yeah. you might feel really self-conscious and whatever, but it will be very helpful. Yep. Practice is helpful. good. So, yeah, the more you can do, the better you're going to be. It's going to get better every single time you do it. Yep. So... I've covered pretty much everything I have on my I list. I think this was really awesome advice. And I feel like the things that we told you guys are different than what some other people have said. And I think we just gave a different perspective. So I think that's good. I hope so. I hope it helps. Because, yeah. I mean, it's... I feel you, like... The- you're, you're talking to a person who... I mean, you, who have aced some of those job interviews and the way you did the preparing and you've done that research and look what it did for you. And then you've got me who I've Does done a ton so of interviews. many interviews and they are, they get really boring after a while, you guys. And, yeah. and honestly, when I'm, when I'm interviewing for, for a position, and I know I said this at the very beginning of this podcast, but I'm going to say it again. One of the most important things you can do is somehow set yourself apart from everybody else. Because when I've already interviewed 10, 12, 13 people and you come in and honestly i can go back and i i can look through the applications and i'm like oh my gosh i don't remember this person what was this person and i will i i take notes i take notes when i'm interviewing people and sometimes it is as basic as this person wore jeans and that's that's a big negative for me if you come to an interview in jeans but but i will write oh they wore the white blouse and the blue skirt or or something like that or they had a southern accent or or whatever so that i can go back and look at that and remember and say oh yeah 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 i remember that person they all start to run together so if there's anything that you can do to just be exceptional set yourself apart from the rest of the pack like i told you i wore red lipstick to my Sephora interview one and it time. Must have worked. That was for the group interview, and I do think that probably helped me stand out because that red lipstick is gonna draw all the attention to you. Yep. When, especially when you're in a group setting like that. Yep. They're all gonna oh, I can't take my eyes off that red lipstick. Yep. <laughs> if you don't take anything else away from this podcast, make sure that you wear red lipstick to your interview. <laughs> <laughs> that is great advice. <laughs> Number one tip. So that's all of our tips for job interviews. Before we head out, let's talk about our goals. I know it's been two weeks now. Yeah, it has been two weeks. I don't remember what my goal was. I do. I remember what your goal was. Oh, it was no sugar, huh? It was no sugar. I did really good that week. Yeah, you The did. next week after that, I didn't do so good. But you did good the first week. Yes. So, so it doesn't matter. My, I achieved my goal. <laughs> <laughs> and my goal two weeks ago, if you recall, I was kind of revamping my goal from the previous week because I'm trying to organize 
all my pictures off of my old laptop. Yeah. And so I had to backtrack because I had to set some more baby step goals to get to that big old, but I got it all done. And you I killed your first goal done. too. Yes, yes. And I and I made it to my my previous original first goal. I've got all of my pictures off my old laptop and I and they are in chronological order. And it took it took a long time. It yeah. took several hours over the past two weeks. But I feel I can't even tell you how good I feel to have that done and know, okay, I've got a handle on this. I know where those pictures yeah. are. So what's your goal for this week? Well, I haven't really thought about that, but you know, honestly, I think I'm going to continue because I, I really am trying to get all of my pictures organized and get into this digital age. And your goals are getting boring. Oh my gosh. Okay. Then you go first. <laughs> you go first. And I'll come up with a better one. My goal this week is to get completely organized for school. I think what I want to get done this week, my first um, day of school is on Tuesday for my senior year of college. Woohoo. And this week, I just want to get completely organized in my planner for the whole semester. <laughs> and that's something that I do at the beginning of every semester is I just go through all of my syllabi and I write down all of my due dates. I plan out when we talked about this in my or, mm -hmm. in the organization yeah. episode, but I write down when I'm going to do things, quizzes, exams, everything. And I also have a lot of responsibilities with my TA job. So I want to write those down and when I'm going to have to proctor their exams and just, I want to get all of that organized this week in my planner so that I'm not stressed. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. That's a good goal. Okay. So this might still seem like a boring goal to you. It's not boring. This one's better. I'm just sick of the monotony. <laughs> oh, fine. Um, we, <laughs> this is, this is so, this is so typical average. We're trying really, really hard to get our garage cleaned up and organized. And there are four to five bins out there that are left over from your sophomore, sophomore year in college and your apartment days before you were married. And there's, I mean, there's crock pots and there's stuff and there's books. And I actually think I've got a couple of boxes of files from work. Yeah. That I that have been brought home for whatever reason, personal files and things. So anyway, my goal this week, we I we need to get through those five bins. That's going to involve you a little bit, but but that's my goal. I'm that's willing my, to help you with your goal. That is my contribution to the garage organization. All right, send us an email. Tell us what you thought of the episode. Send this us your questions. Fun. This has been fun. This was fun. I think this was a very helpful episode. I hope it is. Our email is hotbreadhoneys at gmail.com. The link is in the bio if you forgot what I said. <laughs> and I think that's it. We would love to hear questions from you. Yeah. And follow up on this. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. Give us five stars, please. And we will talk to you guys very soon. Thanks, you guys. Bye. Bye.